Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 139, how to grow your business using YouTube. So today's special guest is Amy Sangster. She got her start on YouTube in 2012 when she created a series of viral videos that amassed over 100 million views and put her on the homepage of AOL and many other publications. From there, she launched an online education company that over the course of the next eight years, she and her team grew to multiple seven figures in revenue and over 80,000 students. Now she's passionate about helping creators and entrepreneurs share their message using YouTube. She and her businesses have been featured in publications like Money, Entrepreneur, and Forbes. And Amy truly is the go-to YouTube expert for current entrepreneurs, for aspiring entrepreneurs, anyone who wants to use YouTube to grow their business. Today, she's sharing her story on the I Heart My Life show and a little bit about some of her top tips that you can use and apply to your own business, even if you're just getting started in YouTube. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the show, Amy. I'm so excited to have you here and to learn a bit more about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So we were recently introduced by Natalie Ellis from Boss Babe. And so I'm super pumped to be connected, but I realized I know very little about your background and about your story. So I'm also going to be hearing it firsthand, just like our listeners here on the show. So what I normally ask people to share is a little bit more about the story behind the success. So take us back to where it all began. For sure. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting one, but I'll try and condense it for here. Um, basically, I was a regular Australian girl. I grew up on the other side of the world and I knew, always knew that I had big dreams. I always knew that I wanted a life different to most, but I didn't really have the tools at all or any understanding of how I was going to get there as a regular 18 year old girl. So. I was working as a flight attendant straight out of school. I got good grades, but I didn't really want to jump into college because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Nothing really enticed me. Nothing was going to give me that path to the life that I really, truly wanted. So I knew that freedom being my highest value, I just kind of wanted to uh, do anything that would give me a little bit more of that in my life. And at the time, as an 18-year-old, flight attending was that. So that's actually how I started. And I quickly realized that that really wasn't the path either. And that was kind of a glorified waitressing job. So I was really on the hunt for anything, any, um, any tool that could get me out of that lifestyle. And I knew that people lived the life that I wanted to live. I just didn't know how they did it. So I was very, very vigilant and kind of had my eyes out for any alternatives. And a friend from school actually at the time uh, didn't have a job and he worked purely online. And I was really, really curious about what he was doing. And he actually kind of took me under his wing and taught me all about the world of eBay. So eBay was actually my first kind of foray into online business. And I sold digital products on there. And because of my Uh, desperation to kind of get out of that lifestyle that I really didn't want to live, I did really, really well at it. Um, And I made six figures in my first year on eBay. And the next thing that I'm really, really lucky that that friend taught me was currency trading. And I know it's kind of a funny part of my story. People look at me and they're like, what? You were a currency trader? Um, But I was just so desperate for literally any tool that could get me out of that lifestyle that I kind of just took it on and dived uh, headfirst into it. And he was an incredible teacher. So I took that money that I had made on eBay and I invested it in my currency trading account. And again, because of my absolute kind of desperation um, to get out of what I was doing, I did really well at it and I thrived there. 
And we never really intended to be an online business or to release any online courses or anything like that. It kind of came about organically because people were seeing the lifestyle that we were living. We were able to not work at a traditional job anymore. I did actually enroll in, in a finance degree at one point and was working at a bank. And I was able to quit all of that and drop out of college because of um, the world that kind of Lewis had introduced me to. And so people noticed this and they really started to pick up on what we're doing and they wanted to know more. And at the time we started teaching people in our home office, they were looking over our shoulder and we were showing them the charts and teaching them uh, kind of a little bit about online business and our world. And that kind of naturally and organically transitioned into an online course because there were so many people interested and actually our students were producing better results than we were ourselves. So uh, that transitioned into an online course because we just couldn't keep up with the demand for what we were teaching. And we thought, this is incredibly inefficient. Let's just put all our information online. And uh, we never knew that it was going to eventually reach 80,000 students and become a multiple million dollar business. Uh, but wow. YouTube, and that's kind of the topic of our conversation, I guess we'll get into that part of it. But YouTube was really the tool that allowed our message to reach this massive audience and become everything that it was because we had an incredible product, we had an incredible story, and we had the tools to teach other people. But really, the advantage that we had over most people is just this mass exposure that I gained from YouTube with over 100 million people seeing my videos now. So that's kind of a condensed version of my story. And I'm sure we'll dive into each little part uh, differently. But um yeah, that's kind of how I got started. That's amazing. And you mentioned a few times that there was this element of desperation. So for you, it was to get out of the whole flight attendant lifestyle and do life on your terms, create that freedom. Absolutely. Uh, would you say that the desperation, maybe it's, is it still there? Or is it a different word? Is it more drive at this point? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I kind of think about this a lot because I think there's a big difference from motivation coming from things that you're excited about. And I think that's kind of a healthy level of motivation of, I want to go here and I'm really excited to go here. But for the most of us, the reality is, is that motivation comes from what we don't want rather than what we do want. And for me in the beginning, it certainly was what I don't want. I didn't really know, um, you know, that I would ultimately end up here, but I just knew where I didn't want to be. Um, so it really, really came from this absolute aversion to being told what to do, having my time dictated, having a ceiling on my earning limitation. And that drove me to be here now. And now that I'm here, I think I definitely have a different level of drive. I'm inspired by what I do every day. And I'm so incredibly grateful to wake up and do what I love and be paid well for it. So it's definitely a, a different level of motivation. But I think there is still that pot ingrained in me where I like I could never would never go back to that. So I think both sides kind of play off of each other. Yeah. And at the point where you had the currency built business and you were looking to scale it and you created the course, how did you start to get more exposure and more eyes on the course? Because from what I understand, you know, you had all these followers on YouTube, but obviously that didn't happen overnight. So what was the process there? Yeah. So my partner at the time, um, my romantic partner, I actually moved to America because I met a boy online, traditional story. Uh, <laughs> I saw a video of his actually on YouTube. And it was, it was funnily enough, uh, anyone who looks me up on YouTube will see that I actually started in the car world, which is kind of very different to what I do now. And it was because in the beginning, I kind of had these material motivations as a lot of people do. You know, we see the nice house or the nice car, and that's kind of what drives us. And as a young 21-year-old, I was very interested in cars, Lamborghini. Guineas, R8s, uh, and all that good stuff. And one night I was kind of looking at um, kind of like 
dream videos uh, when I was younger and I came across uh, this guy and he was also young and successful and he had a lot of these cars and I thought, oh, that's interesting. He must be doing something differently as well. I want to know him. I want to see what he's about. And uh, it was through that that I actually sent him an email. Um, I saw his contact information there. I sent him an email and we just started talking for a period of time. I think it was a good six months or so. And he eventually invited me across to America to meet Um, and it was through that, that I really got involved in YouTube and he taught me so many of the things that had allowed him to create this massively successful channel and also a massively successful lifestyle for himself. So he really taught me a lot of the elements behind creating viral videos, which we did go on to create together, um, over and over how to create a successful YouTube channel, how to make sure that your videos rank in the search results and really how to gain traffic organically. Because so many people nowadays, and I'm sure a lot of the audience listening, have amazing products and services and amazing courses to offer. And they know that they can change lives, but their message just isn't reaching enough people. So I think in today's society, really knowing how to get that traffic and not have to spend so much money on Facebook ads or or paid advertising to get it is an incredible tool, an incredible way to grow your business. And I really got all of my traffic organically for the first two, three years. Wow. And so what were your videos focused around? Was it the currency business? Or like you said, a lot of it was focused on the cars and the lifestyle. What was it that people were attracted to that you were sharing? Yeah. So basically, there's two kinds of channels on YouTube. There's education channels and entertainment. And for the most part, people really position themselves if they have an online course or business and they say, this is what I do. This is what I teach. And they create like a series of how-to videos. And something that I think that the masters of online business kind of master is positioning and understanding that you don't have to be so black and white in the way that you communicate your message. And I'm a big advocate of if you actually have the results that your course teaches and advocates and produces, showcase the results and don't teach as much. Obviously, you want to share value. Obviously, you want to teach. But I use this analogy often. If you want to get ripped, if you want to get really, really fit, do you go to the person who talks about how to get a six pack or do you go to the person that has a six pack and shows it off every day? And it's kind of human psychology. No, of course, we go to the person that has the results that we're looking for. And I think if you actually do have results in um, this world that we're all living in, where online courses are so prominent now, literally every man and his dog is producing an online course, the people that really do have those big results stand out. So I'm a big advocate of showcasing those. And we did that really successfully through this entertainment-based channel that we had. Um, And the positioning was kind of unique because it wasn't, I wasn't teaching currency trading. I wasn't teaching how-to videos, nothing like that. I did, of course, share that that was how I created that lifestyle. But really, it was focused on the result, which is this is how you can live. And people were incredibly inspired and motivated by the fact that I was able to, um, you know, buy a Lamborghini at 22. And it's kind of funny and cringy now when I think back to it. That's like one of my first viral videos is 22-year-old girl bought Lamborghini. But that really inspired people. And because of that, they wanted to know more. Rather than just telling them what they need to know, they actually came to me wanting to know more. And that positioning was really what created that level of intrigue into what I was doing. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's so interesting to think about that type of video because I work with women all the time on money mindset and moving Mm -hmm. past their blocks and their fears around money. And there's um, this element that keeps people stuck around fear of judgment. And there's a fear of judgment when you don't have money, but also when you do. Oh, 100%. 
Yeah. And so people actually hold themselves back from having the things and making the money and, and gaining the success because they're worried about not being um, accepted and not being approved of and not being loved and all of that stuff. And so did you have any of that come up for you when you were sharing these very public videos in a way that was just making it obvious the money <laughs> that you were making and what you were buying? Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't expect, I knew that I would uh, incur some level of judgment, of course, when you put yourself out there in any kind of way on any social media platform. That's kind of part and parcel of it. We all know that we're opening ourselves up to a level of judgment, but I also didn't know that my videos would go viral overnight. You know, we did reverse engineer them to be viral, but the the uh, speed at which it happened. And also it was just so new to me as a 22 year old to be exposed to that size of an audience. I was actually watching an interesting documentary the other night called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've watched that. I recommend everyone do, but it was saying how we as humans are really only wired to deal with judgment from like 10 or so people that we would normally have around us if social networks didn't exist. And our brains don't really know how to cope when we expose ourselves to massive audiences because it's just such a level of judgment that we don't really, we're not wired to cope with. And I definitely experienced that. And in a way, I'm really, really grateful now that I went through that because I feel pretty, um, I have a very thick skin now and I feel pretty confident in myself and I had to overcome that. But certainly when I put myself out there in that way, uh, I received a lot of love and I inspired so many people and I think everything is balanced. So with all that love and admiration and inspiration also came an equal part of judgment and very, very intense judgment too. I was, I was getting some pretty intense emails and people were showing up on our doorstep and there were um, a lot of really, really challenging things that came with that experience. And I don't ever want to paint the picture that it's all roses because there was a lot of challenge that came with um, kind of becoming that uh, internet, I don't want to say internet celebrity, but you know, in, a, in the Utah world, we kind of were at the time and that happened very quickly. And I had to learn how to love myself pretty quick. <laughs> Otherwise it would have been a steep uh, downhill from there, but I'm thankful that I went through that experience because it really did teach me how to deal with judgment in a positive way. And I think, you know, whether it's one person or a hundred million people or whatever it is, we all deal with it. So having the tools to actually just have empathy for the person on the other side of the computer screen and what they must be going through to write certain comments or to reach out in a certain way, just understanding that we're all at different levels of our journey. You know, everyone's understanding things and everyone sees the world with kind of a different mental map and remembering that and remembering that not everyone sees things the way that you do really helps to kind of take some of the sting out of people's comments. And ultimately, it's something we all have to get over. You know, if we all have these big dreams and we want to put ourselves out there and we want to share our message, that is part of it. We can't ever avoid it. So really, it's not, um, you know, often people come to me and they want to do YouTube and they're like, oh, but I'm so scared of judgment. Maybe I'll just not do it. I'm like, well, I got a secret for you. Even if you're staying small, people are still judging you. So you may as well put yourself out there and take that judgment because you're getting it anyway and at least um, benefit from all the positives that actually come with sharing your message to that wider audience. Oh, yeah, exactly. I agree completely. And I think one of the things one of my coaches taught me years ago was that when someone says something nice to you, it's about them. And when someone mm -hmm. says something negative to you, it's about them. And uh -huh. we have to remember the law of polarity, because with the good, like you said, there's going to be the opposite, there's going to be the challenge, there's going to be the people who don't get it. And uh -huh. I think, you know, for for anyone who's starting out and putting themselves out there in the world, focusing on the fact that there are all of those people 
people that who need the message and they will take it and they will use it to inspire them. That's the thing you have to keep focused on. And then everyone else who's not taking it for what it is. And, you know, like you said, causing causing you to maybe experience pain or challenge. It's it's about them. And you don't have to focus on that side of things. You need to focus on the people who you are there to serve who need that message. And I think absolutely, at least from my perspective, that has helped me really shift anything that's come my way that does feel challenging. Absolutely. I talk about this all the time. If you have a really strong why, which is why you do what you do, and that why is strong enough to actually make you kind of emotional when you think about it, that's what's going to keep you going in the hard times. Because inevitably, whether it's just online business, whether you're podcasting or on YouTube, or even just posting a picture on Instagram can be challenging for some people. And ultimately, we're going to run into a feeling of discomfort, no matter what we're doing, like that's inevitable. And the thing that's going to keep us going in those times is having that commitment to our why. And a lot of the time, I'll see people start online businesses purely for the money. You know, they might go into like flipping iPhone cases or something because they want to get a head start, but it's ultimately not something that they have a strong commitment to. Their why isn't strong enough. So then at the first obstacle, they quit, you know, because it's not that important to them. So whatever it is that you're doing, coming from a place of having that emotional connection to your mission is ultimately what's going to allow you to keep going when you do inevitably face the challenge that is coming your way, because that cannot be avoided. No matter what you're doing, that is a part of the journey. So you have to be able to overcome that and stick with it in those times. And like you said, being able to see challenge as a gift um, on one of my previous episodes, I reviewed one of uh, Kevin Hart's books. And he said, anytime he experiences challenge, he thinks to himself, oh, wow, I'm being prepared for something incredible. Like there must be so much success on the other side of this that I had to be made stronger through this challenge to be able to handle that next level. For sure. And And I think humans, they just avoid discomfort. You know, it's a Um, standard response. If we touch a hot stove, of course, we don't want to touch it again. Our brains are really wired just to keep us safe, nothing more than that. Um, And I'm sure this is pretty commonly known by yourself and by your audience now, but our brains are not built to help us thrive. They're really just help. They're built, sorry, to allow us to survive. But if we want to thrive, if we want to get to that next level, then we have to be able to override those default emotions. And that is incredibly hard. And the only way that we can do that is through practice. And something that I practice regularly is putting myself in challenging situations where my brain feels that discomfort. And I can say to myself, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel this discomfort because most of the time it's just default. We feel discomfort. We run the other way. We don't upload the video. We don't start the business. We don't share the photo, whatever it might be, because it's too challenging. But if you get in the habit of consistently doing that, even if it's just a tiny little thing each day, then your brain's slowly getting conditioned that, oh, discomfort's okay. I can do this. I can push through this. And slowly you just increase whatever that challenge is. And then you get to the stage where you feel pretty invincible and like no level of discomfort can stop you. And that's um, what someone like Kevin Hart has done. You know, he's doing one of the most um, challenging careers out there. Stand up comedy is incredibly vulnerable and incredibly challenging. But he's got such this level of confidence because he's consistently done that. I've watched his documentaries and he's incredible. The process that he goes through is just that process of overcoming discomfort, working harder, overcoming it again, and putting himself in that situation over and over and over so that we're conditioned that that is normal, not staying safe. 
Mm, Beautiful. Totally. And some of the other things I want to point out about your journey that I find super inspiring are, it it seems like your curiosity has really gotten you to this place. And Mm -hmm. when you've discovered somebody doing something that looks exciting to you, instead of thinking, oh, man, like, how are they doing it? And they must have something, they must be, you know, better than me, they must be smarter, Mm -hmm. they must have more resources, you allowed them to inspire you. And that's one of the things I always talk about on the show is using our jealousy for good and using, Mm -hmm. you know, that thing that we want that desire to drive us instead of using it to harm ourselves. So where do you think that that came from that that curiosity and that willingness to learn and just reach out to people um, when they were doing something interesting or something piqued your curiosity? I think so much of our conditioning comes from the people that we spend our time around. And in Australia, there kind of is this culture. It's called tall poppy syndrome. I don't know if it's called the same thing here in America. In the UK, but it is not in the US. No, yeah. yeah. So basically, that's when, obviously, a tall poppy, people want to cut, cut it down, right, to be at the same level of, as all the other poppies. And that is very, very prominent. So when you're trying to do big things in Australia, or when you have big dreams, it's pretty rare. Whereas in LA, where I live now, I live in Malibu, you know, everyone's doing something or it seems like everyone's doing something. So that aspiration is a lot more culturally accepted, I feel like. But in Australia, it wasn't common. And so I knew early on that if I wanted to actually achieve these things, I needed to put myself around people who thought differently to that because I saw the results that were coming from that mindset and it was pretty average. And I knew that I didn't want to be average. So certainly didn't have all the answers, but I knew that I had to put myself around different people and cut out a lot of the people who weren't really serving where I wanted to go. And it doesn't necessarily mean cut out, you know, people here cut out in a negative way. You know, when people are talking about kind of protecting your energy and having boundaries, they think of cutting people out as being a really negative thing. And you can still love people, but love them from afar. So I guess I kind of did that really early on and focused a lot of my time on activities and being around people that did have a mindset conducive to where I wanted to go. And Um, putting myself around Lewis, who thought very, very differently um, to the majority of the population really helped me because it was really just he and I and we spent so much time together. And we were kind of in this positive feedback loop with each other kind of reinforcing where we wanted to go and how we needed to think. And he was incredibly resourceful. And I think that that combined with my natural uh, kind of resourceful personality type, I just am curious, I'm naturally curious, I want to learn all the things. Um, And I'm wise enough to know that I absolutely know nothing. You know, the more we learn, the more we realize we don't know. So I always have wanted to learn more and I have this natural drive for it. But putting myself around people that also had that mindset kind of helps you to cultivate a little bit more of that and um, take ego out of the equation, too. I think a lot of people are reluctant to learn from other people because then they think it means something about them. Maybe I don't know all the answers or maybe I'm not good enough as I am. And I think that's a little bit of a of the stigma around learning from others, but thankfully putting myself around the right people um, and knowing how to be resourceful and how to use the internet and how to source mentors that had more knowledge than me and really putting myself in situations to learn from them has definitely impacted my journey. Yeah. And the other piece of this that I love, like you said, is is when you put yourself around those mentors and you're learning, certain things pique your curiosity around yes. what you're interested in. And I would imagine that as a little girl, you couldn't have 
envisioned what you have now, at least not exactly Absolutely the work not. that you're doing <laughs> in the world. And so you have this amazing willingness to kind of follow the breadcrumbs and yes. follow what's calling you. And yes. I think so often people are like rigid about what they're doing and it can only happen in a certain way. So I love your openness and your just your willingness to follow that. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and not so much the airy fairier version of it where you just write it down on a piece of paper and hope for the best and everything comes your way. But combining kind of the quantum physics aspect of it where everything is energy and what you put out, you receive back and kind of all the nerdy scientific aspects with actual work. And I think that really played in my favor because I never necessarily had a plan of black and white. This is what my life is going to look like. But I held a vision for the future that I knew would come to me. And I kind of let the the pieces fall into place as they, as they did when I put in the work. That's what I found is when I put in the work and I show up with a certain mindset, things just fall into place. And I call it being in flow um, because I know when I am in flow and I know when I'm kind of out of it because things just don't happen as easily for me. And when I say easy, I'm sure you talk to your listeners about this frequently, but Easy doesn't necessarily mean you're not putting in work, but easy means that you're not struggling. You're not swimming upstream. You're not fighting for it so much. It kind of feels like it comes effortlessly, even though you're putting in a lot of effort to make these things happen, if that makes sense. So things have felt very effortless and natural for the majority of my journey. And the few times where they felt like I'm kind of swimming against stream and things just aren't falling into place, I know that then I have to go back and check my energy and check my thoughts and see if I've gone back to any like limiting beliefs or if any anything is kind of standing in my way and preventing that um, from coming easily to me because it really can come easily. And like I said, easy doesn't mean without work. It just means you don't have to kind of scratch and claw and fight so hard for the life that you want. It can come kind of organically to you if you do everything on your side to put in the work and show up with the mindset that you need to. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. And so that kind of leads us to present day. So you you now have this amazing new company that helps entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders with their YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that work? Absolutely. So like I said, the biggest difference that allowed us to go on and make our previous online education business so successful was just the massive amount of traffic that we had with 100 million views on YouTube that we didn't pay for. Actually, YouTube paid us for that. Uh, I know that this is a tool that most entrepreneurs don't have and don't even know about. They don't really know how to utilize YouTube to bring organic traffic to them. They kind of see it as just this entertainment platform where influencers go to create funny vlogs and such. But actually, it's a search engine, just like Google. It's owned by Google. So knowing how to harness the power of SEO, intrigue and marketing, and a lot of other factors that come into play, you can really harness YouTube and drive a lot of organic traffic to your business and get paid for it. Um, I did kind of foray into paid advertising into, uh, sorry, in year four of my business, we had a marketing team at that point, we had the capital in the business to really kind of explore all avenues of advertising. And there's a really interesting graphic that I show people that kind of showcases why I love YouTube so much. So we spent uh, 498,000, so about half a million on paid advertising. And the reach that we got for that was 8.6 million people. So we paid about half a million, 8.6 million people heard our message. Compared to YouTube, where I reached over 110 million people, it's still growing now, so over 100 million people and growing, and I'm still getting paid for it, and I actually got paid 180,000 to reach that 100 million people. So when you juxtapose it like that, it's so clear that YouTube is the winner if you know how to harness it properly. Unfortunately, you can't just kind of upload a video and hope for the best. There is a clear strategy and steps to follow to allow it to work for you. 
But I'm really passionate now about sharing those strategies and, and the SEO strategies and everything that I employed within my business because it wasn't like I was any different to anyone else out there. Yes, I had an incredible pro- product and yes, it changed lives. And yes, to a degree, I knew what I was doing. But the mass amount of traffic that YouTube can provide is the differentiating factor. We all know that traffic is an important part of business. We need people to actually care about our message. We need people to see our message. And most new entrepreneurs think that to get that, they have to go pay for it. And a lot of people do that before they even have the budget to really be doing those kind of things. And unfortunately, they don't really have the ad strategy either. And they waste a lot of money doing that. So I I always say, exhaust all organic options before going into paid advertising, or at least run them alongside each other. And that's why I do what I do now is because people just, it's underutilized and they don't know how to do it. And they really need a lot of support with video as well, because people are pretty conditioned now with Facebook and Instagram, but video is kind of new and intimidating for a lot of people. So they really do need that level of support um, to get started with it and to feel confident and to really begin using it to um, share their message on a wider scale. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing kind of the side-by-side perspective of paid paid ads and and versus YouTube. And I know that's music to a lot of my listeners ears because Mm -hmm. a lot of them are new business owners and the thought of spending even $500 a month on Facebook ads is kind of daunting. So what would you recommend for someone who's just starting out, whether they're just starting out in business or just starting out on YouTube, what are some of the first steps to take? So there's a couple of foundational things that you firstly need to think about when you're starting a YouTube channel. Uh, and people's default is generally, what camera do I have? <laughs> that's the first question that people generally ask. And that's the least important thing. First and foremost is value. So what value do you want to share with your audience? And what is the result that your um, subscriber is actually going to get from subscribing to your channel? Because a lot of the time, our insecurities um, and kind of our goals really keep us focused on ourselves rather than our viewers. But you really have to turn that equation around real quick in the beginning and think about what is the result that someone's going to get from subscribing to my channel. So if you're considering starting a channel, ask yourself that question first. What value do I have to share with people and what is the result? The second thing that I always say uh, when people approach me, because we work with businesses as well, and the surprising thing is some big businesses want to start a YouTube channel and they're really not too sure of the goal because the first question I'll ask is, great, what's the goal? Do you want to get more people into a product? Do you want to raise brand awareness? Do you want to kind of uh, launch something here? Like what is the end goal that you're trying to achieve? And oftentimes, especially with people new to business, they're just kind of figuring out their niche in the beginning too. So they don't really even know what the goal is for the subscriber, let alone for themselves, because they're figuring out what do I even want to talk about or what do I want to share? So getting really, really clear on the end goal. So let's say you have a product, a fitness product, then obviously when you're deciding on a niche for your channel, it should be fitness related because the end goal is to share a fitness product with that audience. But sometimes we get really kind of jumbled in our minds and we're trying to figure out our niche and we're thinking about what matters to us and what we're passionate about. And we have all these ideas floating around because we're all multifaceted humans. And we don't really think about that end goal first. And my uh, general rule of thumb with anything in life is to think backwards from the end result that you're trying to achieve and then just the steps fall into place. So if you're confused on a niche, which a lot of people are, um, or niche, as you say in America, I say niche. If you're confused... On what kind of niche or niche to go into, always ask yourself, like, what product am I trying to sell at the end of this? Or what do I want to build a community around? Take the focus 
a little bit off yourself because that can be confusing because we all have so many things that we enjoy and really focus on that end result. What business do you want to start or what business do you have? Great. That's your niche right there. Um, so thinking foundationally and thinking about the positioning of that before you even turn on a camera, before you think about SEOing a title, before you get into the nitty gritty details, you really need to ensure that you have the foundational elements kind of sorted because it doesn't need to be as black and white as starting a how-to channel. Let's say you do have, um, like a trading business like I had. So I taught people how to manage their finances better and how to make money online. If I was thinking in black and white terms, I easily could have made how-to videos, you know, how to start currency trading, how to do X, Y, Z, and kind of be very black and white about it. But instead, the positioning that I chose was to showcase the result of that lifestyle and present it as entertainment content because I knew it would reach a wider audience. So if that kind of concept of positioning is new to you, I really encourage you to watch YouTube and also take note of what other people are doing because it doesn't have to be black and white. And oftentimes you'll see big entertainment channels or big influences selling a product. And then you have to think, oh, how did they position that? How did they make me want that? And once you start really consuming YouTube as a creator rather than as a, as a consumer, that will allow you to kind of see a little bit of the strategy behind what other people are doing. So I would say first few things, really get clear on the end goal of your channel, really get clear on the result that you're trying to achieve, what product you're trying to sell and where that's going to lead you. And then be a creator, not a consumer. So really um, start to consume YouTube from a creative mindset rather than just watching and enjoying. Really understand like, why do I enjoy this video? Uh, Why do I want to buy this person's product? Why do I idolize this person? And really thinking backwards um, through all of that. And that will give you an insight, a little bit of the strategy behind it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know you have a complete step-by-step course that's incredible that also provides live support that we're going to be sharing in the show notes so everyone can check that out. But I think that's such a great way to think about getting started. And and it's so important, regardless of whether you're launching a YouTube channel or sending out an email, we have to know what the result is that we're actually looking to create, who we're speaking to, what it is that they want to consume, what's going to get people to buy. And I know for a lot of my students, they are their ideal client. And so Mm -hmm. you can just be looking at yourself as well. Yeah, that's something that we really go in depth on because it's so incredibly important. And so many of our students take the course and then they're like, wow, I haven't even started applying this to YouTube, but it's benefited the other areas of my business, email marketing, uh, Instagram stories, all the other areas, because they're understanding how to create intrigue in marketing Mm -hmm. and just marketing as a whole. And then the next level on top of that is really applying the SEO strategies and the kind of nerdy uh, type of things that you have to know to be successful on YouTube and putting those two things side by side. Because some people have the SEO and the science, but they don't understand the art side of it. We always say it's an art and a science, and they don't really understand the art of creating intrigue and marketing. And that's something that I've done really successfully. And it's allowed me to transition through a lot of different niches or niches um, and a lot of different um, industries because I know how to harness those foundational skills. And these are skills that I recommend anyone learn because you can take them with you wherever you go and apply it to anything. It's not kind of business specific. It is online business specific, which is really the future. Um, And especially in a year like 2020, when everyone's kind of forced to communicate online and we're forced to share our message in a certain way, learning how to do this through video and learning how to harness organic marketing online to share your message is something incredibly powerful. And I think 
learning that early on was far more uh, valuable than any university degree ever was because that's the environment that we're living in nowadays. So we really do teach all of that uh, in our course. And like Emily said, we do have that in the show notes. If anyone is interested in joining, we have all the information on that page for you. Yeah, it's an incredible course. And it's so in depth and just makes it easy for people to put this in place. And like you said, you look at the science as well as the art side of things. And so I really believe it's possible for anyone, I will be going through it myself more in depth, but we have it, my team has it, and it's just blown us away. So I'm excited for everyone to check that out. I'm excited to see your YouTube, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I have the banner ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Emily, uh, Emily actually worked with uh, one of our friends to film um, some videos for her course and they uh, they look amazing. So I'm excited to see you dive into more of that because you have a natural knack for it. So Thank maybe you. you can take your audience along for the journey. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm super excited. It's definitely a Q4 goal. So <laughs> what's in store for you? What are you excited about in terms of business and life? Business and life. Um, I'm excited <laughs> in life to get back to some level of normalcy where we can all interact with one another. I love online business and I love doing things online, but gosh, I want to uh, get out and connect with people more. I know that you do a lot of speaking events and I live for that stuff too. I love connecting in person. So I would love to get back to some level of normalcy in 2021. Um, but the benefit of this year is it's been really incredible for business. We launched, um, you know, this is my third business and we've launched this in a year where a lot of people are struggling and had a lot of success with it. So I feel really, really grateful for all the opportunities there. Um, like you said, we did meet through Natalie Ellis, um, and we're working really closely with boss babe and we've launched a really successful YouTube channel for them, um, and doing a lot of big video partnerships there and just being creative and, um, getting paid really well to do what I love is the most exciting thing for me and seeing our students kind of dive into creativity and really teaching on that and combining online business and marketing is what I wake up and live for every single day. So I'm incredibly grateful to be just in a place where I'm kind of living my dream life, doing what I love and excited for the world to go back to a little bit of normalcy as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yes, <laughs> um, that would be nice. To right? wrap things up here. So one of the questions that we ask all of our guests um, at the end of every show is what is one way you recommend our listeners can uh, create a life better than their dreams? What is one way that they can create a life better than their dreams? It's a good question. I like these ones that make me think there's so many answers that come to mind. That's the problem with it. <laughs> I guess in the theme of what we've been speaking about, uh, I would encourage people to do one thing every single day to get out of your comfort zone. And I know that's very wildly, widely said, People talk about this all the time, you know, get, get outside your comfort zone and, and push the limits, but really truly embodying that and doing something every single day, whether it's, I'm terrified to get on Instagram stories and I'm getting on a story today and I'm showing up for myself every single day, or something I started doing recently was ice baths, terrified of the cold, hate the cold, <laughs> but through putting my body through that recently, I've learned to love it. And I'm also really proud of myself and I feel good about myself and the choices that I'm making because I'm showing up and doing that every day. And I think that that habit compounded day in, day out is ultimately going to create um, habits and personality types that you need to develop if you want to live the life of your dreams. So I would say keep doing the uncomfortable things and <laughs> enjoy the process. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Awesome. Well, where can people go to find you online? 
I have uh, Instagram. I love voice notes. So if you have any questions regarding YouTube, if you have a channel you want me to check out, if you want more information about our course, feel free to voice note me there. Obviously, if you search Amy Sangster on YouTube, I have my previous channel um, that you can check out with all the car stuff. And I have a new channel that I have just started that you can check out there too. Um, all of my business information is at unemployedmovement.com. Um, and you can check out that course in unemployedmovement.com slash start. And I actually have a code for your listeners too, if you don't mind me sharing that, where they can save $500. If you do want to join, um, you can join using Emily Williams as your code. Oh, thank you. That's so generous. They're going to be so excited. Amazing. Well, I'm sure everyone's going to be rushing to check out the course and your page and your Instagram. Thank you so much for sharing so much valuable information and just for inspiring us to do the things that challenge us because ultimately they will lead to doors opening, growth, more success, all the stuff that we're craving. So thank you so much for your time and your energy, Amy. We're super blessed to have you here. I hope you loved today's episode and found it super inspirational. Definitely check out the link to the course that Amy has shared, as well as the promo code in our show notes. You're going to want to take advantage of that opportunity, sign up for her YouTube course and implement everything she has to teach you. I know it's going to make a world of difference in your business. Until next time, I'm Emily Williams. Thank you so much for being a part of the I Heart My Life show, and I'll talk to you soon. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.